Welcome to Fruit Snacks, a weekday podcast that covers big ideas about the Christian worldview in a bite-sized format. everyone. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at another parable. And this is the parable of the tenants found in Matthew chapter 21. It's also found in Mark and in Luke, but I'm going to focus today on the version found in Matthew. Now, I'm not going to take the time to read it because it's a little bit lengthy. So I'm going to encourage you to pause and go ahead and do that now so that you have some context. First of all, we can say that this parable is a parable that is about the kingdom of heaven. And we know that because Jesus says as much in verse 43. And therefore, we can draw some conclusions about who the players are within this parable of Jesus. The master, the one who buys and sets up this whole vineyard and then leases it out, is God. The vineyard, the wine press, the tower, and the fence were given to tenants, and this would be the people of Israel. You could make a case that this is specifically referring to the religious leaders of Israel, the priests and the teachers, because they figure at the end of this parable that Jesus is talking about them and how the kingdom is going to be removed from them and given to others but it could be applied to Israel as a whole. Now, the master didn't leave his tenants defenseless. And I think that's an interesting point, that the fence and the tower were provided for their protection and for the protection of the vineyard. God had plans in mind for Israel, for his people. And God did not give his people a mission without providing a means for them to protect themselves and to be guarded and defended as they carry out that mission and that work that he's given them. And that leads to this whole idea of the vineyard itself. Vineyards have a purpose. And so the purpose of this vineyard is obviously to produce a crop, but not only a crop, we also see that the master added a wine press. So there is an additional level of production happening here that's not just to produce fruit in and of itself there is something to be done with that fruit production of good and valuable things is the intention in this case wine so notice that the tenants have been leased to this doesn't belong to them they've been given it as a stewardship as a trust and these tenants have been given responsibility over someone else's possessions, namely God's. And that's an interesting idea, that what we have, if we are given something by God, is not ours. It is ours to steward. And this is a word picture that in Scripture is applied not only in here to Uh, the possessions or the work that we have been given as Christians, but it's also an idea that is applied to really anything, any blessing that we find ourselves with as Christians, up to and including our children and other people that we have in our lives. The relationships that we have are a stewardship 
a trust that we have been given by God. Now, obviously, we would look at this whole situation that arises in this parable of these tenants somehow thinking that they own this property, even though they clearly don't, that it would be absurd for a renter to presume ownership of a house when the landlord comes to visit, you know, using a modern day analogy. And what we see is instead of flying off the handle and and doing what he was well within his rights to do right away, this master, God, is more than patient, continuing to send people to try to get these tenants to see things properly. And these servants that he continually sends, who are continually beaten and some of them killed, these are the prophets in the Old Testament, which leads up to the master sending his very own son. And when the son is sent, he meets an even worse fate because of these tenants' irrationality. When they see the son, they they don't suddenly get snapped back to their senses and realize the error of their ways. They go even further into their irrationality and think that if we kill the son, that somehow the inheritance will be ours which just doesn't follow at all. And we can see that when we start to lose perspective on what God has given us, when we start to think that somehow we have what we have because of our own work, our own toil, because somehow we deserve it, rather than it being a gift from God, it can very seriously skew our perspective on things. And that's what we see here. And when Jesus presents this situation and scenario to them, the people initially agree with Jesus that these tenants, they deserve death. They deserve a very harsh punishment. And this is before the religious leaders sort of put together that it is about them. But what's interesting is what Jesus says after is that what's going to be, what has been given to you is going to be taken away and it's going to be given to new tenants. And in so saying, Jesus predicts the rise of his church. So for us, as the church, Jesus says we will produce fruit and he will, he will share in it with us. And yet, if it could happen to God's chosen people before, it could happen again. I think of the warning that one of the angels of the churches in Revelation says that uh, if you don't take care of what you've been given, I will remove your lampstand. It is always possible that if we lose perspective on what we have been given by God, the stewardship and the trust that he has given us, both as individuals and as a corporate body, that he will find someone else to do this work. God's work will be accomplished, but he doesn't need us to do it. He chooses to partner with us, and so it is up to us to take care of what we've been given and to maintain a proper and God-centered perspective on the work that we have been given to do. It is a great responsibility to be given the opportunity and the privilege to share in this work of sharing the gospel and building the kingdom of God. And it should always be focused on God. 